Savage CBD strives to help people by offering top quality, lab-tested, natural CBD at affordable pricing. And it really is affordable. Whether you're new to CBD or have been using it for years, you can always count on all-natural, hemp-derived CBD with the purest ingredients. Savage CBD carefully tests each batch to ensure quality, consistency, taste, and authenticity. They pride themselves on their transparency and believe that you should know exactly what goes into your favorite CBD products. With Savage CBD, you can choose from a range of premium CBD lotions, creams, tinctures, gummies, and so much more. When you look at their website, there are thousands of happy customers who've reported incredible results after using CBD to supplement their daily routine. Overall, Savage CBD's goal is to create the products that empower you to maintain your balanced lifestyle. Whether you need some extra shut-eye at night or you need to find some more calm throughout your day, you can count on Savage CBD to help you reach that goal. And guys, just for listening to this podcast, you can save 20% on your first purchase of CBD when you use our code BRAD20. So go ahead, my friends, start your CBD journey with Savage, and they'll be there to support you with every step of the way. Simply visit SavageCBD.com to redeem 20% off your first purchase of CBD by using code BRAD20 and see why thousands of people are using CBD. Now, Kelly, I've been a CBD user for a little while. I use it when I'm out on the disc golf course. It helps me relax. It's great with muscle aches and pains, and it's really kind of replaced ibuprofen for me. So uh, anybody that's listening to this, guys, check out Savage CBD. We thank them for being a supporter of the Noel Family Foundation, the Bradley's House podcast, and we hope you'll support them as well. Hey, this is Kevin Lyman, founder of the band's Warp Tour, and you're listening to Bradley's House podcast. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Come on in. Make yourself at home as you should when you're a guest in Bradley's house. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. If we are soldiers fighting in this war, Kelly is our general and the executive director of the Knoll Family Foundation, our fearless leader and host, Ms. Kelly Knoll. Kelly, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Jared. How are you doing? I'm like I'd say all the time, Kelly. If I was any better, I'd be jealous of myself. Oh, I am. Uh, I am living the dream here. That's fabulous, including breaking up fights with your kids, huh? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's part of the territory. It's it a twelve-year-old. It's an eight-year-old. The eight-year-old's got like the most middle child syndrome in the history of middle child syndrome. So like there's, he still wants to be cuter than the baby, but like he also wants to beat his older brother in every game and in everything mm. possible. So I spend a lot of time playing in between them. Now, I don't know about normal parents, but like <laughs> people say like, Oh, you know, like you don't have favorites, right? Like, Oh, you can't have favorites. But like, I'm telling you right now, 99% of the time, I go into breaking up an argument already knowing whose side I'm taking and I haven't heard the story yet. Okay, it's just I have like us. this I just have like this wheel in my head and I'm just like, man, it's been Nicholas the last two times. Alex is getting it this time, boy. <laughs> and it's like that's just kind of the way that it goes. And uh so I you know, they think that they're telling me the story, but little do they know I've already made the judgment in my yeah. head. Yeah. You know, well, so. fortunately, most of the time 
we're a lot smarter than our kids think we are. <laughs> I think that helps. Yeah, I, it's definitely it's definitely a big. My kid thinks that I'm the biggest idiot walking the face of the earth. So, um, well, yeah, I know it's, <laughs> that happens for a while. Right. And then eventually, so, he'll think you're super smart, and then he'll go back to thinking you're an idiot again, and then he'll think you're brilliant. And well, you know, kind of how it goes. Mark Twain said, "When uh, when I left home at 18, my old man was the dumbest man I ever met, and I returned home at 21, and I couldn't believe how much the old man learned." <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. yeah. So, you yeah, that to look forward to. Right. Yeah. I, I hope I make it till they're 21, but at this point, it's, <laughs> they're wearing, they're wearing me down quick. So, um, Kelly, we have another fun show lined up again today. I always get so excited, uh, about, getting on here and chatting with all of the different people that we have coming on. I know I say that every single week, but I genuinely mean it. We always have fun conversations. You always line up incredible house guests for us. Kelly, who's our house guest in Bradley's house today? Today, we have a musician that I'm super looking forward to talking with. He's known for being super positive and upbeat and um, has just a real unique sound that blends reggae, folk, and hip hop. Today, we have Aaron Wolf with us. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Kelly. What's up, Jared? What's going on? I, I'm sorry about that. I'm here and I'm I'm complaining about my kids, and and then Kelly's like, "We got this super positive and upbeat," and I just start the show out, and I'm like, "My kids are ruining my life." So I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kelly gave you the right introduction. I, I apologize that I kind of I kind of rain on the parade in the beginning there. You're gonna take. You're gonna bring that positivity to us now. Though. Yes, he will. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like. There's already, I mean, obviously being a parent has its own challenges that I've definitely not experienced myself, but um, had you not told me that you had just gotten done handling business with the kids, I wouldn't know because you had some he positive energy well. yourself. So yeah, thanks for having me. It's so exciting to talk with you guys. Well, I'm going to start out with a question that I actually got. A f I talked with a friend of yours today and I said, I'm really stoked. I'm talking to Aaron tonight for the podcast. Is there anything you think I should ask him? And here's what he said, what he wanted me to ask you. He said, you're always encouraging and positive to others. How do you balance that with self-care? How do you recharge your batteries and stay so positive all the damn time? <laughs> I thought that was funny. He threw in damn time at the end there. But um, so tell us, what's your secret, Aaron? Um, well, the secret is that I'm not always positive. Obviously, <laughs> He's an honest man, too, apparently. There's, a, there's just a, you know, it's like, it's basically um there's like two different types of people that i've noticed and i try to be as much as a lifter as i can instead of someone who's leaning on other people and i just feel like a lot we, it's really easy whenever things are going good in our life it's it's a lot easier to help other people up if they're having a shitty day or sure. i don't know if they don't have a means to earn money or whatever the way whatever the case may be um even like with your kids you know if they don't have the knowledge to know certain things it's good to be able to help other people and to basically not put our burdens on other on other people as much as we can and yeah. not only that but <clears throat> to place more attention on the things that are going right mm -hmm. um so that way we're you know more focuses on that right. just, that's a big so, key. so yeah that's it it's definitely not um there's no real secret to being positive all the time other than that. I don't really know anybody who is, <laughs> but I do try to, uh, yeah, I try to lift people up with the things that I create because there's already a lot of heaviness, you know, that we all experience. Mm. And 
Do you ever feel like you're giving out so much that you don't, some days you just don't have it to give? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, I tend to be pretty extreme with certain things. Um, Mm -hmm. so like if I'm, if I'm making music, then I'm making music or if I'm just relaxing then I really don't want to do anything. So, um, generally speaking, if, if I find that I'm putting time into like maybe the wrong type of relationships and friendships or situations then and it's not reciprocated, then it becomes draining. Mm-hmm. Um, but as time goes on, I think that at least I've learned to like try to get rid of those things. If it doesn't feed me back, you know, to move on to yeah. a different thing that does feed me. And whenever we're spending time on the wrong things, I think that we're not, you know, it kind of takes up the space for the right things um, to come into our life. So not to get too deep right away, but (laughs) I'm all for it. I know. I figured we'll just shake things up and start with the the good ones. Um, And so what do you do to recharge when you're feeling empty and you just don't have it to give, but you know, you've got a show coming up or you're going to be talking with people. What do you do to make sure that, that you have something to give? Um, When I'm like on my game and I'm doing what I know I should, it's usually like re like a running or just any type of physical activity, um, anything to change my, like my chemistry of how I feel. Nice. Um, it, it's like a whole process though, as just with like anything with addiction or any, anything that we, that we have like adversity in our life with, you know, it's like, you don't, you're not always good at it. You're not always going to wake up on time, you know, always, right. but I really believe that it's like the pain of falling off is what kind of, at least for me has pushed me back on track and back in the right direction you know so um in terms of getting tired yes it's definitely tiring but it starts to come back you know yeah so you you run on you run on purpose um not i mean like i said when i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing that's the problem so like you have like a brand and like people know you for being positive and then you're like driving and you're like having a shitty day and you like scream or something so yeah, I guess, to, I guess once I get bigger, I'll have to probably stop being an asshole in secret. Um, <laughs> well, but I was, <laughs> I was just, just saying, I'm just you know, for, some advice for, for you, Aaron, Kelly, Anna, and all of our listeners. Um, yeah. if we're ever someplace and you see me running, uh, follow me, something bad is happening. <laughs> And that is the only reason I am running. So if you ever see me running, just drop what you're doing and fucking follow me because I trust me. I know what's going on. So you're not out there getting that runner's high, Jarrett? No. If you see me, if you see me running, it's like, I know some shit's going down. Just follow me. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. It's definitely not for everyone. And I've never really been a big runner, but I just think that in general, like, the more I do things that, and I think it could apply to anybody, the more I do things that I like, my, like if I could think of a good version of what I would like Aaron to do, like if you're, I don't know, in a, you know, if you're in a business and you, your business partner did something nice for you, you go and surprise them with something like whatever it is, your, our conception of like our best way of being, the more that we do things, mm-hmm. then I, I guess that kind of recharges me um, that whenever I do things that are in yeah. line with that. So if I'm like supposed to wake up early, Absolutely. then I do it and it builds momentum for myself. But if I don't, then it like almost has the opposite effect, you know? Yeah, that's true. The more you do what you know you're supposed to be doing, the better you feel about yourself and then the easier it And it kind of becomes painful to, to not do it. And that's the whole shit that I never really got, yeah. you know? It's like, that's why people exercise right. or lift weights or, and I'm not like super into the gym all the time either, Jerry, so I'm not trying to say. 
not trying to give you like, hey man, you got it, but I'm just saying like. Uh, oh, so yeah. that I, so that's not where I know you from because I saw your picture and I was like, man, I know this guy from somewhere. I get, apparently, we didn't yeah, share the maybe it's the gym. we didn't share the treadmills together. No, but I, I will say that I I think there is something to be said. Um, about positive thinking and um you know just to to hear the way that you talk about it i know that throughout my life in sales um i would like give myself pep talks in the morning as i was getting ready for work and like my kids would look at me like i was crazy but i truly believe that you know if you speak that positivity into yourself you're able to then project it on to others and positivity is it's truly contagious like i don't care how shitty of a mood you're in when there's somebody that just has that right positivity coming off of them it can change your day in a second there's this um there's this you i, I didn't know that you had done sales that's awesome i did door to door for like 10 years <clears throat> and um when wow. i did that i read this book and it had given this old example of this like old fi- I, I can't remember i hate to disrespect whatever culture it was from by not remembering but it's a story about the sun and the sun went to the darkest part of the woods where nobody said that there was any like all the creatures of the whole forest were like yo there's no light over here you can't see anything it's dark don't go there and the sun went there and he could, he didn't know what they were talking about right and so there's always been people in my life that I've like seen that way. And whenever, like you were saying, they come into the room and their aura and their energy kind of lights you up. And so I've been lucky because I feel like just seeing the people that I've met through music and within this community that I've recently kind of like been introduced to just seeing them and, you know, just a result of all the different things we've spent, all the times we spent together and stuff like that, that kind of like lights me up, you know? So again, going back to like, things that feed us back whenever we put energy into them, you know, um, that's like a really big thing for me. That's cool. Did you grow up in a real positive environment? Where did you learn all this? Uh, Knocking door to door. Yeah. Yeah. Door to door sales for like 10 years. So I grew up in Salt Lake city and I had a band until I was like maybe 19. And I like, you know, we wanted to be like, everyone's like, who's your music like? We're like sublime, slightly stupid. So like, I'm sure every single artist that comes on the show tells you they're inspired with that. But um, so we, we so I did heard that. of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's that? I um, never get tired of hearing it though. I'll be honest. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, even like every, every time you sing that song at a show, like it's like the best song for the response from the crowd. I'm like, damn, man, it's not even my song, but obviously that's why. You know? <laughs> because <laughs> he's he great songs anyways um did that for a long time and uh then when that kind of like came to a standstill i had had i had had some things that i was dealing with with like addiction and that's when i went out and did door-to-door sales because i know i had to like get out of my environment i was like maybe 19 or 20 years old and then i did door-to-door and that was like my my way of raising money so that i could go and produce music and create songs and all that but i just found that i could never quite it's like the the carrot you know it's like i could never Mm. quite get enough money to what i thought i needed to be able to put out music what were you selling um i did alarm systems and then i did satellite tv and then i finally and then i finally moved out to california to do solar because i was like man i can't i can't go for a summer at a time and then come back and a summer at a time come back and never really get momentum and um, some crazy 
for some crazy reason, I ended up in San Diego, not Rancho Cucamonga, like at random. And then that's where I like ended up meeting everybody from this whole scene, you know? So it's like Mm. from door to door sales, experiencing just like the human interaction of people in, you know, over 10 years, we knocked like everywhere, like West Texas and Iowa and all these towns. And like, there's a different side, there's a different side of people you that you get to know when you like knock on their door and get in their house when they're not expecting it. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Um, Give us a, there had to have been a crazy story. There had to have been in 10 years of going up to people's front doors. You, something crazy happened at least once. Oh man, you know it. It's like, like like I met, um, I met the dudes that his dad was like the, uh, so it was the father of the violin player for Dave Matthews. I met one time and, wow. and the whole time, like I'm out there like doing this and in my mind, I'm like doing it to earn money so I could go, you know, create music. And I ended up finding out that like I moved out to California and the solar company went under and then I didn't have any money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to show for like that whole downline I built and everything. Um, wow. But anyway, that's what put me in San Diego. And in terms of just like crazy stories for door to door, like every day, I mean, it's it's but that's what's cool is you really see all aspects of people like sure you're gonna have a bunch of people who are dicks to you but then you come across the sweet lady for who for no reason to trust you and like she's like come on in you're mm. like are you sure like, <laughs> ma'am for real um so anyway yeah like I, I traveled a whole bunch and um it ended up kind of putting me here in southern california and that's where i just played a whole bunch of bars I just went straight from doing like the sales stuff when the solar company that I was with um, went out of business. I just, you know, if I was going to start over, I was just going to try and do it myself. And so I did that for like two or three years. Um, And then when the pandemic hit, that's kind of like when everything all changed, you know? Well, you're still selling as a musician. Everything is sales. People get, people get a lot of things confused, but everything is sales. I mean, you're, you're selling yourself right now to venues and to fans and, um, you know, you're not knocking on doors, so to speak, but you're still out there working social media and, and everything you can to, to sell yourself. Everything is sales. So you got a good background to, to get yourself going for your music for sure. Man, well, I love people. And that's one thing I learned is that people are so resilient. What? Like, and you can make it through everything. Like, like people are so insanely resilient, you know, yes. like, like, it's just unbelievable. And then their pain can be like transformed into like, literally like for the specific, it seems like, I know it's maybe not the reason, but for the specific reason to help someone else later on, you know? Um, I mean, I think it's beautiful what, what you guys are doing and that's why i stoked beyond this because it's not i mean you talk about like epidemic like things that affect a lot of people and addiction is definitely um i mean you don't know anybody who doesn't know somebody you know yeah it's we've all been touched by it in some way or another either personally or a loved one or i mean it's just you know it's impossible to escape but i think that that's one of the beautiful things and one of the things that i really hope we can help people to understand is that it is just part of the human condition. You know, mm-hmm. it's nothing to be um, ashamed of if you're struggling with it. It's nothing to um, look down on somebody for if someone you know is struggling with it. These are all just parts of the human condition that we all go through in some mm-hmm. degree or another. And, you know, for people who are struggling with it in the moment, the biggest thing I think they need is our love and support. 
and, Mm -hmm. you know, not to be, to be looked down on or, um, to be made to feel like they're shit because of what they're doing, because really it's just, it's just part of being human. And I, I really do believe that. So tell me what it was like growing up in Salt Lake city. I'm guessing it wasn't exactly how it was in SLC punk, which was a fabulous movie. (laughs) It is a good movie. Yeah. Do you love that movie? But yeah, it's a good movie for sure. Um, it wasn't definitely wasn't like that. Uh, but we, um, man, I guess like we first got like a, a hip hop music station and like two thousand. man, it was like way behind, you know, it was like years behind. So, uh, it was really quiet and stuff as high school came around and like the internet and stuff started popping off. I graduated high school in 2007. It started getting a little bit cooler, but, um, yeah, it was really just like I had I had my band and we had had some good momentum for a while there locally, but I didn't realize how big everything was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had already gone through everything I'm doing now just back home, but it was cool. Got two older brothers. Um, I play sports. And what sports yeah, did I mean, you play? Um, I played like all sports. I love like pretty much any sports that like football, basketball, baseball. And then I ended up getting in my band when I was like 12 years old. So I kind of had like split, split wow. groups of friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Different um, worlds. Yeah. Yeah. But it was cool. Cause I could kind of bring them together. Um, nice. So it was pretty fun, but yeah, so Utah's 12 cool. Is, 12 was young to be starting a band. Yeah. Kind of a, yeah, really. Now that I look back on it, um, it's kind of a crazy story. So my one of my family members, a sibling of mine, had had a little experimentation over the week, over a weekend mm-hmm. with some substances, and it had made him pretty much have to go and get checked into like a hospital for a few days. Oh, and, wow. and I was pretty young, you know, like we didn't really have like addiction in our house per se or anything like mm-hmm. that. My parents didn't really drink because they knew my brothers would like steal their shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like they were pretty good about that. But anyway, he kind of, my brother's. Uh, one of my brothers kind of freaked out and he's good now. Good. Um, but he, he was like, just, it was really stressful time. And I was like maybe 10 or 11. And mm. I remember I found my mom's old guitar, like underneath her bed. Mm. And I was like, Hey, play me or show me how to play a song. So she showed me like two chords. And then I went off to the room and I just remember like once I, like I very first like strummed a chord and like everything, just like, boom, like the matrix, like, Mm-hmm. Everything went away completely just like vanished, you know? Um, wow. And then from there, I was just like addicted and hooked on the guitar. And I had only listened because my brothers, I'd only really listened to like Tupac and West Side Connection. And I was like little, like I was probably under mm-hmm. 10 yeah. when I started listening to that music. And so it wasn't until I started hearing like the Blink-182 songs and stuff come off my guitar. I was like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, I like this guitar stuff. And then I started hearing sublime and all. i was like oh this is like the rap music i've been listening to you know mm, kind of so from there, together, huh? yeah and then i met this local kid that was in my uh in my school and we started kind of going so it's really been like a it's been only three years since i put out music um like officially mm-hmm. but it's really just been this long like winding road where it's pretty crazy that i'm talking to you right now honestly that's rad i love it that sounds like a great yeah. journey yeah, what'd you guys call yourself? What was your band when you were 12 years old called? The Jarrett Oars and the Hit in the Gyms. <laughs> Dude, you were probably crushing it. Doug, I'm telling you, check out our new check out our old remixes, bro. 
Yes. I'm telling you. But yeah, man, I, uh, it's definitely like, um, it's an ongoing process and, you know, it's really just pretty special that music is able to affect so many people, you know, it's like one, something that's created in, in a moment can go on for so long. So I just, I feel lucky to be involved with that and that it can be used, you know, for good things like what you guys are doing. Really, really dope. Trying. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people underestimate the power of music a lot of times. And that was one thing we realized when we first decided to start the foundation and, you know, Bill Bradley's house was that this is a powerful tool in, in not just in life, but especially in recovery. So to be able to incorporate that into the entire program, I think will be, will be really awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, so I think what that, kind like, of music, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say this, like a big reason that I would, that I was using it was because I felt like bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I didn't feel good. So I would want to do stuff that would make me feel good. Like basically black and white. And that's what I've noticed with, with just this community. And I think anytime you get a group of people who rally around something, you know, um, it really gives meaning to their lives and it gives them like, you know, then there's, then there's also like pleasure associated with not doing the wrong things. Right. Yeah. I think the pandemic has showed people too, a lot about, how important music is to them, you know, because so many people that's been a lifeline for them, the live yeah. streams and, you know, all that kind of stuff that they've been able to, to tie into when they couldn't all of a sudden go to live shows anymore. You know, yeah. when it's just there, you take it for granted, but when all of a sudden it's gone, you realize how much it adds to your life and how much you need it, you know? Yes, definitely. Yeah, so what a- kind of music were you guys playing when you first started your band when you were 12? Um, I would say it's like the same, it, it's just kind of like similar to how my music is now. Um, it's wow. like hip hop and reggae influence and funk influence. So it just right was, away. yeah, I mean, it's always kind of like, I don't, it's been hard to ever like really choose a genre and define it. Um, but it's just always kind of been me, you know, like I'll, I'll write the songs and then I'll have people that help make it better because they can add their own unique stuff. Just, mm-hmm. you know, that I play with whether it's producers or people in my group. Um, it's a, uh, that was like so, so long ago that it's almost like it didn't even take place. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's been cool just to kind of like retap back into that as I've started really playing shows and stuff this last year, the last, like I'd say 11 months. Well, yeah, about the last year has been like just nonstop like shows every weekend almost. And um, even during the shutdown, were you able to find places to play? It kind of is crazy, like how how it all worked out. So, just I was doing these things where I was driving around and telling people like, "God bless you" and "Have a good day" and shit. Mm-hmm. And then I was catching their catching their responses, and like a couple of them went went viral on TikTok. Oh wow. And so it like gave me, it basically gave me this idea to do a podcast where it's kind of like the whole coffee with comedians and cars thing, uh-huh. but it's drives and good vibes. And I drive around and interview different artists about stuff that people wouldn't know about them and just do nice things. Right. Cause people, if people see good examples that, you know, sometimes at least we hope they'll follow it. Right. Um, so this dude saw me doing that video and then asked me to come and start opening 
or I opened for a show and Slightly Stupid was on it. And then it asked me to come back and another one with like K-Bong. And so a lot. So basically, like because of everything that kind of happened, I was I was invited with to like within the circle of people I wouldn't have normally been in the room with, you know, mm-hmm. as soon, I guess, <laughs> you know, eventually. But um, yeah, so it really like it offered an opportunity to kind of connect on a more like a smaller scale, I think, with people. Right. Um, whenever there was there were gatherings and I think that people did kind of whatever they needed to to like keep the music going yeah definitely so do you still do the drives and good vibes podcast yes yeah I'll I release those like in three episodes um at a time it was just something that I started as like everything was kind of getting getting a little weird and there was a lot of negative stuff going on so I just wanted to kind of do it Mm -hmm. as a way to bring more uplifting stuff to people online. That's awesome. Um, Where can people check that out? Uh, on my YouTube. Yeah. It's youtube.com uh, slash Aaron Wolf music. Okay. Aaron Wolf music. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. So that sounds fun. So what else did you do during the pandemic to maintain your sanity? Ah, oh, man, it was just really just shows like every, every week. And I, I'm just, I'm just barely getting going with like the full band. So. We've always, it seems like each opportunity is just like a little bit bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like really trying to catch up. Uh, I've been rehearsing at like a couple times a week and um, just really, really planning this next year. Um, it's been nice to get out of state on some shows and stuff. I have some, a couple out of state runs here coming up, but yeah, just really did. But during the pandemic, was doing those interviews and working on new songs and then just playing. It's usually like weekend runs for the private events, you know? Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you found of being in the music industry? Um, well, initially it's like, um, you know, you kind of have to like, I don't want to say like force your way in, but you kind of have to like, just keep showing up. Right. Uh, and I think some of the challenges are just basically people not being able to handle like rejection, I think. Yeah. And tough. initially like, like with a try, like, you know, cause the whole, the music scene is essentially like just like a tribe and we all like want to be accepted, you know? And at first when you're like on the outside relationally, you know, like you're on the outside of like the circle of, of whatever group of people it is, I think that we like try to be involved with. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like earning that credibility w- but within the tribe of like this person is here for, you know, to uplift everyone and stuff. Um, right. To give and not just take. Yeah. On some level um, it is that. And I, I just think that in general, like the lack of clarity with how the business works mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's like to get, if you, tr- if you seek investment, you have to kind of know like a plan on how they can recoup money. So, um, so and so it's like about you- musician mastery summit. Yeah, so that was actually started because of kind of what I was just talking about, where there's just like kind of a lack of transparency. And so I wanted to start out by giving to people who maybe were more established. Uh, And so we just put on like an online music conference, basically, where I just interviewed people who had already kind of gotten to where a lot of up-and-coming artists are striving to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Because not a lot of time we get that vantage point, you know? Right. And 
uh, I kind of, I know a little bit about like marketing, digital marketing and stuff. And so what we were able to do is just basically promote the talks of different experts talking about what they're really good at, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we were able to offer that as um, a resource to not only other artists, but also myself. So I yeah. kind of like created the, created the little training program for myself to kind of go through and learn. And thankfully, you know, a lot people, many people who are successful enjoy giving back. Right. Um, That's very true. So, yeah, it was when just kind of start that. So that was 2000, I believe 2018 or 2017. It was, it was just before I released my first EP. Okay. So that was 2018 that I did that. So it was, I mean, we've done it like three years, three years now. And it's an Maybe all four. online event, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, we just bust out like 30 something interviews in a couple of weeks i just do a bunch of interviews at a time and it's all just kind of pre-recorded and then we all then we launch it um throughout like two or three days yeah i was just looking over all the speakers that you had for this last one and some of the names i have people actually i recognized and i was like oh wow that's really cool that you've got so many people from so many different walks of life that have this expertise to share it seems like a really valuable resource for not just artists in the business, but really anybody involved in the music industry. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's really the challenge is that it's not really, I mean, any artist that we see that's like on some sort of trajectory, it's definitely not just them, you know, it's like, I'm lucky because I've been able to find people who are part of my team, but we're still not like a label where you have, you know, the different people doing, doing this, all of the work at the same thing at one time. Um, right. But the the cool part is that if you are, one thing I learned within the summit is that if you are smaller and you aren't part of a bigger organization, if you need to adapt, if you need to make changes, like when the summit did uh, or when everything did shut down, we were able to within like three days say, okay, let's do the summit again, you know, and then we started doing the interviews again. And so it's like uh, if you have a big cruise ship and you have to turn, hmm. oh, shit, going the wrong way it's versus tough. if it's yeah. like a real speedboat. Right. So there's benefits and, and drawbacks, but the, I mean, the coolest part is just like seeing what's possible through all the new friends I've made, all these different artists, like Vana. It's really, really inspiring stuff to be around all these cool musicians. So for someone cool. who would be interested in the Musician Mastery Summit, where do they get more information? Uh, it's just um, musicianmasterysummit.com. You can go there. They're all just recordings on there. It's like a digital product now. Um, we'll probably do more of those. Um, this next year is really going to just be focused on releasing music and and um, getting out to tour and stuff, you know. Yeah, getting back to normal life. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> like it's it's just kind of one of those things where, like I said, I we I kept going regardless and just kind of did it on a smaller scale. So I'm just, I guess that's one benefit of not having played like big stadiums and stuff yet, right? Right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, hey, here we go. Keep moving forward. And I also think a lot of that yeah. comes from the sales stuff. Jerry, sure. what did you sell, man? You name it. Um, the majority of my sales was uh, in the automobile business, though. I started that when I was uh, 17. And um, it just it drained me. So I started an advertising business in Portland, Oregon. And that's actually how I got into podcasts, because... 
uh, I wanted to sell advertising for, uh, for podcasts. And it turns out that, um, everybody already has somebody that does that. So I was like, well, then I'll start my own fucking podcast then. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny because you're talking about this music mastery class and how you like, you know, people that, that don't know and they need to get the insight. I wish when I started my first podcast, because I was like, yeah, man, all these people have these podcasts. They're not that good. I could do better. So I'll just talk somebody into doing a podcast with me. And I got together with this professional wrestler that I watched as a kid. And I pitched my whole, my whole business plan because I thought of everything. I mean, I came up with everything. I put a lot of time into it. I pitched the entire business plan and he was like, yeah, man, let's do it. And when I got off the phone, I was like, how the fuck do you make a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not, I, I could barely get my computer to turn on. Like, and now he's in Kentucky and I'm in Oregon and I've got to figure this out. And, uh, and luckily somebody that worked for the advertising company actually had a computer background and, and he was kind of able to help. And that's how I got started and, until I met Anna and yeah. obviously the rest is, but so, um, so I sold, I sold everything. Um, but advertising, Advertising in cars mostly, but at one point when I was 17, I did get a job at this place on uh, Niagara Falls Boulevard, right outside of Buffalo, New York, and we sold the uh, <clears throat> we sold the most likely winning lottery combinations. Oh yeah, what? but that was that was and uh, so I I go to this place <laughs> and I'm. All right. So yeah, that's a true story. So like I, uh, I'm out of high school. My dad's like, you need to work full time. And I, this was during one of my hiatuses from uh, famous footwear. Uh, one of, one of many, which is where my dad, uh, was an executive and he would constantly fire me and rehire me. Um, so the one time I went and found this job at this telemarketing place and I go there and it's this like seedy little old storefront that they've got some desks and phones set up. And, uh, it's literally you call these people, they give you the numbers and you give them a pitch that through mathematical and scientific equations, um, our team has figured out what the most likely winning lottery combinations are in their area. Um, and I knew it was like a little off, but I was also 17 and I'm like, obviously these guys know what they're doing. Like they, you know, this is a company. We, my paycheck says LLC on the end of it. It's gotta be legit. Um, oh, no. so, um, so I'm doing it and I start kicking ass and, uh, for three weeks in a row, for three weeks in a row, I made $1,600 a week. What? Um, because I hit the very top level of sales. So I am literally the king of the world at 17 years old. Are you kidding me? My <laughs> friends were just like, what are we doing tonight? And I'm like, whatever we feel like we're doing, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're the kings, we're the kings of the world. $7 in gas basically filled my tank. And oh like, so, um, so I, I sold this one woman a pretty large package and I get to work, uh, Monday morning, the beginning of my fourth week. And I've got a letter from that woman. And in the letter, she talks about how she's on an incredibly fixed income and uh -huh. her money's very limited. And, um, she's going to go without some of her extras this month because she felt so strong about, oh. you know, and I, I folded up the letter. I stuck it in the envelope. I put yeah. the envelope in my pocket. I walked up to the front and I said, yeah, so I can't do this anymore. Yeah. The guy was like, well, what do you mean? You're, you're our top salesman. And I'm like, dude, we're stealing from people. And he was yeah. like, 
everything we're doing, our script is within the, I'm like, there's a, Troy is in the back. I smoked a joint with him at lunch. He's the guy that when you get a sale, he picks a piece of paper and sticks it in an envelope and mails it to somebody. He's not oh doing my God. math back there. Uh, so I, I quit. I left my, my fat daddy paycheck was gone. And, uh, like a year and a half later, the place got raided and the owners went to jail and, uh, <gasps> Oh yeah, it gosh. was like a whole big thing. But it ended up, they got busted and went to jail in St. Louis. They had moved out of this office and moved on to the next place and probably started yeah, a new yeah. LLC. But, but yeah, so I sold, I sold the most likely winning lottery combinations. What a genius move too, because, um, they would buy their lists. Remember back in the day before the internet, you used to call a 900 number. It would cost you like 75 cents and you would check the lottery numbers, right? So they would buy the list from the people that called the 900 number for the lottery. And they would also buy lists from the psychic networks. So you're, (laughs) you're you're calling people that are already thinking that something crazy is going to drop into their lap or that are playing the lottery all the time. But yeah, so I sold, I sold some crazy shit, but the most likely winning lottery combinations was probably the, uh, that was, that was my craziest one. That was pretty crazy. Did you have, did you have in the back? Sorry, this is from the, the last little segment of that. Um, did you have in mind that one dude who helped you with the podcast whenever you said yes to that, or did you just say yes to doing the podcast? I just said yes to doing, I, I, I honestly, I honestly did not get that far. I don't know how that part of the plan just like, I just figured it was easy. You know, like everybody was doing it. How could it be that difficult? So like, I'm sure I'll get, but I don't have a podcast yet. So why would I have to learn how to do one until I have one? And how am I going to get one? And the only way to get one, if you're going to get a celebrity to do it is you, you have to be able to map out how they're going to make money and how little work they have to do. Um, and, uh, and so I had everything all set. I answered every single question. He was like, yeah, man, let's do it. All right, boom, let's do it. And I literally hung up the phone and I was like, what the fuck? Now what? Like, the, how, how do you, how do you log into YouTube so you can get on their live? Like, how does this work? And, uh, so I, I asked a few of my buddies at, uh, at the, the business that I had, I had a call center. And, uh, I had a computer guy at the call center. So I figured at the very least he could set me in the right direction. And he was like, Oh yeah, man, I could do it. No problem. And, uh, and he did do it. It wasn't great, but, but he did it. And honestly, him sucking at doing it is why I'm in the position that I'm in now because he, he wasn't that good. And, uh, I got an email from a fan who was like, Hey, um, I like the podcast and I noticed that your producer hasn't been able to get a show out. If you need any help, let me know. I would love to help out. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm engaged to her and she produces both of my shows that I do (laughs) right now. So uh, that was a good email then, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) it worked. And you know, when I first got the email, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Don't be throwing shade at me. Like, Hey, you can't get your show. (laughs) Like, Oh, fucking come at me like that. And, uh, and now, and now here we are. And I have, uh, I have two wonderful podcasts and, uh, it's, uh, that's how it goes. But yeah, I, I literally sold the whole idea with no idea on, on how to do a podcast. Yeah. Cause you took a leap. Well, I just knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted the podcast and it was very similar to, um, you know, then I did another show with uh, former major league baseball player, Jose Canseco. 
And um, so we did a show for a little bit and I stopped doing that and I just took a break and I was like, you know, I, I really enjoy doing these shows and there is, you know, there is a reason to do it. I, I just got to find something that really matters to me. And I had a few things pop up from other athletes um, that I had reached out to in the past or that I was friendly with. And it all just kind of seemed like, eh. And, uh, and that's how I came up with the idea for the Bradley's house podcast. And I was like, this is, you know, going to be something that's really going to be awesome. And, and I pitched it to Kelly and she was like, yeah, no. And, uh, actually first I was no. <laughs> and then I was, yes. So it was mostly no for a while. Um, that's how I knew he was a good salesman. The one phone yeah, he actually had after I got off the phone, I was like, crap, I'm going to do it. I didn't tell him I was going to, but I knew after that one call. That's awesome. Very persuasive. Yeah, well, you gotta be. You gotta be, man. And and that's same thing for you, Aaron. You know, like it's everything is sales, and and where you're at right now, and and making money uh, um, with music, and selling your music, and selling yourself, and doing podcasts, and and constantly posting stuff, and being that's that's just selling, man. So you you've already done that. You you, you made a living doing that door to door. It wasn't what you wanted to do. You just kind of transitioned to it, and now you get to do something that you're you're passionate about, and you know with your the, your positive thinking and the way that you approach things and the scene that we have here and what you've already been able to accomplish um i have no doubt that the sky's the limit for you man thank you yeah it's been a it's been really it's it took a long time to happen really quick you know like the last mm-hmm. little bit it's just it's a matter of just for me now really um really just like doubling down on the things that are getting results and um, just continue to grow as like an artist, you know? Yeah. It's just an ongoing thing. You've got a great fan base. Um, I'm a part of the Facebook group, the Wolf Pack. Yeah. And yeah, and it's just it's so cool to see how, you know, how excited people get, how into the the music they are. What do you what do you attribute that to? How did you get all that going? Um, it's really a it's kind of just one of those things that just started organically. Um, it's been, obviously, you know, how important, like all the groups are the Facebook groups for really just to this, to this scene and everyone staying connected, which I literally didn't even use it like Facebook at all. And then as I started getting involved with, with more of the scene and stuff, I was like, Oh shit, this is like where everyone communicates everything for all of the events and stuff, you know? So it's been kind of one of those things where everyone's just like interwoven and all the other different groups. But it's been really cool just because I didn't expect how many friends, like real life friends that music could like bring to me almost. It's like you Mm -hmm. create a sound and then you put the sound out and then it like starts attracting the right people to you. Um, So, yeah, it's really just a combination of like that. And then just that's where everyone hangs out online, you know, around my music. Very cool. So I want to ask you and... um... I I should have asked you beforehand if you were comfortable talking about this. And if you're not, we can totally just cut this whole part out and no one will ever even know existed. But have you struggled yourself with addiction? Um, Do you mean, do I like, do I say that I'm like an addict? Uh, Not even that. Just is it something that you felt? I haven't heard that term. Struggling with addiction? Oh, struggle. I thought you said circle myself with with addiction. I was like, circle myself. I was like, oh my God, that sounds like. (laughs) Kind of that sounds really scary. Yeah. Jesus. Um, 
yeah i mean yeah it's it's like like i was saying it's i i don't know um i'm not necessarily like a hundred percent uh sure that i had like ever really dealt with it head on with the exception mm-hmm. of getting to the point where i wasn't like taking let's say like opiates you know right. what i mean um so there's been times where I've been physically dependent on that. And so, yeah, but it just depends on like whose definition I don't see. My, I don't really see myself like that anymore because I, but I definitely am addicted to like the things I'm addicted to, you know, like I'm addicted yeah. to waking up and like coffee or uh, like I use nicotine every so often or even work habits or, so I think that I'm like very much extreme and I can get into certain things. Um, But yeah, I definitely have had moments in life where now that I look back on it, I feel like it was more, there was underlying issues and the addiction Mm -hmm. was more of like a side effect or like something that I was using to cope with, you know? Sure, sure. Um, But yeah, there's definitely been times in life where, you know, that's been an issue. And thankfully, I don't know how um, I, I didn't go down the same road that a lot of like my very best friends did, you know? Yeah, that's good. And it's, and it's not something I've really, really talked about much just because, like I said, it's been such a long time and I don't really struggle with it right now, you know? Yeah. Um, but I have so much, it's like a cup, you know, it's like an empty cup. If you try to pour like water into it, like there's nothing, there's no room. So I feel like right now I'm just in a good, I'm in a good place where, if, you know, no matter what happens, it's like I have like the certain things in my life right now that I, I'm so happy about that I can kind of like withstand that's awesome anything you know yeah it definitely has something it helps to have something positive to focus on yeah but i mean you try to say that to me when i was like hooked on when i was doing oxycontin i'd be like yo fuck right off you know take (laughs) and go get the hell out of here but it's like you know that's why i think it is important when you are doing okay to help people because god man it's so hard sometimes it's hard to even wake up you know to even get out of bed to even absolutely like do your laundry to brush your teeth that shit can be hard and so it's like so easy if you just like i don't know got an unexpected paycheck or it's like when good things happen like god damn it's so easy just to be to pass that shit on right and some people are born with lives that are really easy and other people are born with lives that are just like kind of fucked up, you know, yeah. and just, just by the luck of the draw. So I guess that's kind of like my whole outlook on, on that stuff. But as of right now, I'm not struggling with addiction, maybe to music a <laughs> little bit, <laughs> um, but I've definitely been around it a lot. And I, I, I had to even check myself into like an IOP when I was mm-hmm. like, when I was younger. And so I've studied a lot of it and, I don't know how I feel about the, yeah, just, just the whole, the whole system, you know, how it's just like a, just the pharmaceutical companies. It's all pretty crazy, actually. I agree. It is very crazy, but fortunately there are a lot of groups out there that, that help so, people get on the right path and, you know, so that's good. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's at least known that there's, you know, there's help out there if you seek it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us. It's been such a pleasure talking with you and getting to know you a little better. I've been enjoying listening to your music in preparation for the interview. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see where you're going to go from here. Yes, yes. Um, I'm definitely thankful to be on here. Uh, going to be putting out some new music here toward the end of this year. And then 
hopefully a tour and some new music next year. So everybody keep a lookout for that. Um, Jared, nice meeting you. And Kelly, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And I was looking ahead at some of the shows you have coming up. I know by the, by the time this airs, um, in most likely in September, you will have a show coming up locally near me, October 10th at Sea Legs in Huntington Beach. So I'll definitely try to get out there and say hi. Yes. Yeah. That'll be a good one. Um, yeah. it'd be great to meet you in person and it's definitely going to be a good show. So we hope to see you at that one. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. Have a wonderful night. Yeah, man. Right, thank you. It was, uh, it was awesome chatting with you. All right, y'all. Take care. Thanks so much. Well, Kelly, once again, you've lined up an amazing guest for us. Aaron was a lot of fun, um, getting to check out some of his music leading up to this podcast. And, uh, he's got that cool little show that he plugged. You guys can find the link to that right there in the description of this show that he does on YouTube. Uh, check him out, guys. And uh, again, we have these guests that come on and give us these time and these conversations. Go ahead, check them out. Give them a follow. Uh, but again, uh, another fun conversation. Absolutely. And if you're in the Southern California area, make sure you head on over to Sea Legs in Huntington Beach October 10th. Aaron Wolf is going to be there. That should be a great show. And of course, we... The foundation and the podcast will all be at Reggae Rise Up October 9th and 10th. So we hope to see a bunch of you there. Please stop by the booth and say hello. We'll have, of course, Jarrett there. I'll be there. Anna, our producer, will even be there. So great opportunity to meet the people behind the scenes. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> I am, I am ready. I am pumped up for, uh, for Reggae Rise Up. It's going to be, uh, an amazing, I, you know what? I don't even know. What do we even say at this point? It's sold out. So if you don't have your tickets, you're fucked. It's not like I can push it anymore and be like, get there and buy some tickets and come and see us. But if you are one of the, the lucky ones that already has tickets, make sure you stop by the Noel Family Foundation booth. Check us out. We'll have t-shirts and all sorts of cool stuff going on out there. So, uh, look forward to meeting all you guys and, uh, uh, and getting back out to some some live music, outdoor event. I'm uh, I'm totally pumped for this one. Absolutely, and you know I do think that there are some like one day passes still available. So go check it out at reggaerisetvegas.com and see if there are still any available. Don't quote me on that, but there is still a chance that you might be able to get one day passes. Phenomenal Actually, I think lineup. you're right. I think there are a few, I think there's a few one day passes that were left because I saw somebody that was looking for them. The two day passes were already sold out. Yeah. All the VIP was already sold out, but I do believe that there was Saturday and Sunday one day general admission passes that you had to buy separately. But if you're in the area or you can make it in the area, it is certainly worth it. I am, uh, I am excited about this one going to be a lot of fun and we're going to do a special episode we'll be doing some uh special interviews while we're there and then airing that and uh, posting that special episode the following wednesday and if you aren't going to be in Las Vegas and able to stop by the stand, you can, of course, visit the org. You can always pick up all of the awesome Bradley's House merch. I know we've mentioned it a few times, but a lot of people, you know, Kelly, they like to get that uh, that Sublime Sun, you know, that classic Opie Ortiz art piece. And the Bradley's House logo that you get on those T-shirts, 
you guys had opiates go ahead and do that as well to kind of keep the tradition going. So uh, you guys can still own that piece of sublime type art uh, and have all of that money go to a great cause. So uh, visit the NoelFamilyFoundation.org. And of course, make sure you are checking out all of the social media from the Noel Family Foundation. There's constantly updates on all sorts of cool things that are going on. Hopefully you were able to partake in the auction uh, that had just passed. But when you're following the websites, or excuse me, when you're following the social media, pages. You're going to be one of the first to know about that. And make sure you click subscribe wherever you're listening to this show. It's going to make sure that you guys get all of your updates. You know exactly when a new show is dropping. You'll never miss one. So go ahead and hit that subscribe. Hit the like. Give us that five-star rating as well. It means a lot to us and uh, mm-hmm. and helping us continue to grow this show. And of course, a Absolutely. huge thank you to uh, to our friends over at Savage CBD. Um, again, the, the, uh, the support yes. has been amazing for from everybody so yes um, and thank you to everyone who participated in the auction who bid whether you won the item or not just all of the the great support we sure appreciate it it means so much and it will go a long way towards getting bradley's house open absolutely a lot of fun that event was and and looking forward to uh, you know hopefully doing some stuff like that in the future kelly i hope you guys keep that stuff going because uh it's a lot of fun to, to be able to see that and even uh even on that monday when when it was released and it's so much buzz so many people talking about it and all the different groups and the stuff so uh it was really cool to to see that so make sure you're following the foundation uh they're the Noel family foundation everywhere twitter instagram myspace facebook whatever it is um <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. You want to know what? Even I can, around anymore? Guess what? Nobody can log into their fucking MySpace anymore, so they would never know <laughs> if we really had a Noel Family <laughs> Foundation page or not because they're all thinking themselves. Well, that's where all magic to- happens. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You got that. That's where all the good stuff happens. But we know that none right. of you guys can remember your passwords from 2007. So <laughs> nobody can get on to MySpace to keep up on it. So in the meantime, you'll just have to check Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at the Noel Family Foundation. Um, and like I said, lots of cool updates there. Now, Kelly, every single week, everybody gets to leave with a smile. And how do we do that? We play an awesome song. And usually it's something that is uh, from our guests. So what is everybody going to be like? out with today today we're going to hear count for something by aaron wolf enjoy enjoy it guys until next time i'm jared or she's kelly noel we are out of time that means you don't have to go home but you have to leave bradley's house Come around my way I'm with you like every day See all the pain that's in this world Seems to fade when I see your face Love like water flowing deep Beautiful flame like the air I breathe Light me up and I can't say In the end this love will count for something Responsibility to heal it Why don't I start with myself And all the challenge condition in my spirit I face the darkest of shadows with you oh, yeah. I shine a light on the battle and it's true Recognized it Yeah, I plan Moving, failing where I land On my path in the end I stand On my two feet 
Life and how it goes. The one person has all the money they can hold it. Another one in the homeless, laying on the floor in the dirt. Can you tell me what's a human life worth? Yeah, that's a real one. Do what hurt your heart when you drive by and see the suffering in your whip without familiar. Probably not. I get to thinking like that. It's always you that could bring me right back. Like, is the outlook that I'm having right now really true? Or did I wake up in the mood? Yeah, I plan moving fake and land where I land. My path in the end I stand On my two feet, that's all I know 